I think it's going to be one of the easiest I've ever had probably, especially because <laughs> we're now it's like two of us instead of, I don't know, what has it been? Three weeks in a row of, of yeah. guests. It feels like, it feels like three months in a row, dude. We haven't just been able to like have a little Hank and Dave time. I know, you know, and I, I miss it sometimes. And I, and I do want to say, man, uh, Thanks to our guests who've come on the last few times, um, putting up with our kind of unorthodox, you know, recording situations and stuff. Uh, those last guests were just fucking amazing, man. So I just want to say shout out to uh, to Anthony and Stephen and and, uh, and Max and Josh before yes, that. Yes, that's right, Matt. Yep, Max and Josh. Very cool dudes. So it's good to Very catch up. Cool. Catch up with you cool, today. Cool, Hanky. cool. Across the board, we're going to catch up and have a little episode seventy-one. Damn, Gearbuds podcast. Already heard, you already heard us jag dicking around. I'm Henry. You're Dave. I'm Dave. And it's just us today, man. Yeah, yeah. It's good to talk to you, bud. You got is. a lot to catch up on today. I probably. Who knows? We'll find out. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's dive into the symphony of corrections here. Here's your weekly reminder that cables are tone tubes. Uh, you already thanked those previous guests, and you know you're right, dude. I mean, they're fucking awesome. Go listen to those episodes. A yeah. lot of a lot of good learning. A lot of entertaining conversation mm-hmm. uh had by all <clears throat> but also thanks to the people listening right now and listening throughout the years and we've been getting a lot more people sharing our stuff on instagram which is cool yeah uh dig that uh people people following us on the old face space that you manage so adroitly <laughs> and uh yeah follow us on those things at gearbuds podcast on instagram and in gearbuds podcast on facebook subscribe wherever you pot it up uh dude speaking of speaking of people reaching out Mm-hmm. This is this is now two weeks in a row that uh, a software maker has reached out to us to ask us to talk about their shit on the free stuff segment. Whoa. Uh, which that's cool. So if you go to gearbudspodcast.com slash free dash stuff, uh, next, uh, the next newest thing is another German company, a German techno producer trio called Diode. I don't know how to say the second word. E-I-N-S. Eins? Eins? Uh Okay. And they've got a free techno sample pack, and it's based on their new release, and it's getting all these accolades and listens and stuff. So uh, if you're into making some some techno music and you want some free samples for that shit, check it out. So yeah. Keep it going on our website. That's sweet, uh, man. Yeah, but not bad. I haven't – I, I got to be honest, I haven't checked that one out, but yeah. uh, I will, and um, I'll let you know. Yeah, it seems like they have a nice uh, little SoundCloud file. You can just kind of listen through it or something and check it out. Yeah, so. we'll, we'll sample. Well, that's the thing. I think it's it's all the sounds that they used on this recent track of theirs. So cool. you can, you know, get your own song. Uh, I wanted to say, dude, uh, this I think we've already got a title for this episode. <laughs> Birth, birthday Buds. Yeah. Happy belated birthday, bud. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. Um, and, and happy almost birthday to you. I suppose... By the time this comes out and our listeners hear it, you will have aged another year as well. I will. Yeah, we'll t- we'll we'll put another notch in the old belt belt yeah. there. Um, yeah, it's it's fun to have close together birthdays. birthdays you know, yeah, like, Virgo only buds. a few a few uh, days apart there. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so you know, just wanted to say if anybody wants to send us anything, I were a size nineteen sixty Gibson <laughs> and uh, Dave, I think, well, you'd, I'd say 62 fender, but you've already got, I th- feel like your closet's full. Yeah, of those I need like a transition, like a 66 would be great. Something transition era would be, would be perfect for the collection. I think. Ooh, you, you have been, you have been real into the blocks and the, uh, and the, and the yeah. matching headstocks lately. I feel like yeah. everything you send is, is somewhere in that realm. Yeah. I don't take enough advantage of the, uh, the 66 jazz bass that's just sitting in our practice space right now. Um, in a case, 
Um, I'm free to use it whenever I would like, and I just I just don't play it. I don't know why. Um, I mean, why would you, man? Yeah, I guess I don't need to. But you know. But I'll tell you what, dude. Uh, I've got the I've got a little 75 staring me down right here. Oh yeah, you base. I've, I've been I've playing been a lot of bass lately. lately man. A lot of bass lately. Well, that's the thing. Part of the this like round three of um, clearing out Josh's old practice base. Oh, I yeah. got a I got a super sweet bass combo, and I've and I and it's been years since I've owned just like I used to have like a little Ampeg one. Right. Um, it's been years since I've had a proper bass amper like at, at home. Yeah. And and it's so much more satisfying to play bass through something with a lot of low end than just like playing even through the Kemper. Right. Uh, because I'm going through my monitors, through monitors headphones, right. just like having like a bass amp in the room, man. I just, yeah, I've been playing, I've been, I, I was going to say I've been slapping the bass. I absolutely have not been doing that, Good, but I have, I been, wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> I have been fingering and thumbing. I, you know, I almost never play bass with a pick I've noticed. Oh really? Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, dude, I, that's, I've just been like every day I'll just literally search best bass lines oh, and then p- be like, Oh, I haven't played. I want you back in a while and then just like figure that out or that's awesome. Know, I did uh what I, I did a little working man by rush this morning. Wow. Really? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, so. geez, I was going to throw like, I guess an easy one at you. Have you, have you played some money by pink Floyd? Cause that's one of my all time favorites. Oh, you know, I yeah. have baby. That's I mean, so that fun. Throw, to play, that, little, man. that little seven, four time signature, uh, especially when they go into like the solo and all that, man, there's just, yeah, there's so many good runs and walks on that one. Um, you I know what was another really fun one from yesterday. What do ramble on? Oh, dude, it's all time. That one of my is favorites, so man. fun. It's so fun. It's all over the fretboard. I love that song. Yeah. Man. Yeah. That's, oh, man, you're bringing, you're making me want to pick it up right now, but we got a podcast to do. Um, I, I was going to say, stand so track. what's the amp that you're using? It's the uh, Roland. It is a Roland DB 500, which, which I've never played before. Um, I hadn't either. It's, uh, it's all, it's, you know, it's a solid state amp, mm-hmm. uh, but it's, it's not class D. It's definitely very heavy. Yeah. Um, the, there are a couple a couple features I like about it. One, it has three different preamp types. It has solid state tube and then tube drive. Honestly, I just leave it on tube all the time. Yeah. Uh, it's got uh, you know, just like your does standard it have controls. The, does it have a tube pre in it? Like a real I tube don't pre? Think or is so. it just I'm like pretty emulated? sure it's all digital. Okay. Yeah, they're like Roland Cosm technology. <laughs> and um, it has a couple interesting things. I don't know exactly what it's doing, but it has a, something called a shape knob, mm-hmm. uh, which I've noticed that kind of just when I have it engaged makes things sound a little more, I guess, modern sounding for lack of a better term. Yeah. Term sort of like a little bit of like the a mid scoop with a little bit of hype in the bass and the treble. Yep. Um, yeah, I've got that on the... Uh on the on the acoustic uh, practice amp oh. i have there's a shape knob and it's great it's like it's just a little different it it doesn't the tone's not as wide open i guess you could say like it's not as like full sounding maybe but it, it's great for certain things absolutely yeah i i definitely took it off when i was playing jackson five but then yep you know if i'm playing some rock or something leave it in uh, but it also has a one knob compressor which is uh you know obviously a very welcome addition to any bass amp or bass signal in general yeah um so yeah honestly i kind of leave that on all the time probably only you know like 40 percent or, or less or so just so mm-hmm. it like squeezes a little bit evens it out then a you know standard sort of uh eq 
bass middle treble but the nice thing is that it's active so you can not only it's not you know it's not a passive tone stack you can actually boost or cut yeah bands, right which right. I, I have literally just left it at zero um, flat <laughs> across the board because and i and and, and we've talked about before with that the 75 that I bought from you, the, yep. the way that it's set up is the tone knob doesn't even, isn't even engaged. Yeah, I don't and, think and, it's and even it, like hooked up or something. It's not in the circuit. <laughs> yeah. And the, and the, there's a jazz pickup that was added near the bridge. So, you know, you kind of just like control your tone by how much you blend of each pickup. Obviously yep. the jazz pickup is going to be a lot brighter and sharper. Uh, it's pretty much, I leave the P on at all times, like at full go. And then, blend in some jazz to taste yeah that's it's so funny that it's set up that way because that's exactly how my 62 is set up and both of those were unintentional but i owned both of those bases at the same time (laughs) and neither of them have a tone knob well that doesn't have a functioning tone knob but my my 62 is just like literally it's it's split p pickup or it's the single coil jazz yep and you can do one or the other or kind of mix them together it's it's pretty great um i think that's just like my signature thing now man like well dude does your does the 62 do the same thing where if they're both on at full blast you kind of almost go a little out of phase yes like you hear like a weird sort of like dip cut out yep yep and it's it's really unique sounding man and and i used that on like pretty much every record i've recorded with that the engineer is always like dude just turn both of them up because we get this cool almost like scoopy kind of kind of plingy sound to it you know dude i want to i want to sort of like i I don't know i don't know if it's supposed to do that you know so i'm like i'm curious i want to look like i want to investigate the electronics on both of these to see if maybe it has the same sort of weird thing happening i thought about uh doing like um like for the 62 because i don't have a tone knob to do like a push pull kind of tone kill so where it could just go completely off tone and have that really pillowy kind of you know um totally like trebleless kind of sound to it yeah for sure but then i just i don't want to do anything that would mess up with the way it actually sounds right now so if it was guaranteed that it would sound exactly the same which i'm sure it wouldn't um I would I would be willing to do something like that, but I, I just well, it's really easy to revert if you decide not true. to dig that's it. It's, all you have to do is just throw the old pop back in there yeah. and bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, baby. Um, I've never I've never opened that thing up and looked how it's wired, or I, I just I really don't understand it. Um, but uh, but we do need to crack open the seventy five because you got it. You got now. You said the pickup might be uh, going out again or something well, it, or buzzing. The, the it it buzzes, yeah. and I don't know if that's just obviously you know it's a single coil pickup uh it's gonna have 60 cycle hum in it mm-hmm. i don't know i i it's been a long time since i owned a different bass that had a jazz pickup in it so like i i don't really remember if that one did that or not mm-hmm. but um you know how it is though like i mean I, I love the sound of the thing but i'm a tinkerer and i can't leave fucking well <laughs> enough alone ever so yeah of course i'm thinking maybe i just swap it out with something else yeah i found it um, but uh, I, it's fine it's fine like honestly i'm super fine with how it sounds right now it's just i don't i don't blend in a ton of the jazz pickup most of the time because it's yep. a little buzzy yeah i know it's it's a bummer because it's actually it sounds really cool on its own um you know you can get a really nice just like a straight up like jocko style like jazzy yeah. you know kind of burpy tone out of it um, yeah, I was going to say, I, I found a, I was kind of just skimming the old reverb and I found a, like an old, like seventies DiMarzio, like the, the cream colored single coil. And I was like, that would look pretty cool in that bass. I think. Yeah. If you like I, that's the cream funny. Color. Yeah. I do. You know, I, my instinct is to think I wouldn't like it, but then I think about my SG and I have a cream colored P90 in the bridge, mm-hmm. you know, mismatched from the black and that looks pretty fucking dope. So yeah, dude, I don't know. It's possible. I love uh, it. It's super. How do we even talk about that? I don't you even were talking remember. about your uh, the Roland amp. Yeah, yeah. I, but I mean, there there was a reason we got to that. I don't oh, know yeah. what it was. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> uh, 
uh, let's just keep on moving along. Sure. That was a nice little base talk. Love it. Uh, oh, I wanted to quickly mention that it's funny that uh, this past week's episode I had to edit through the sound of blaringly loud jackhammers directly That's beneath me. So funny, man. Like I woke you- up Monday morning to fucking the sound. I was already up, but if if I was a, not a person that that you know woke up early, right. uh, I would have been awoken by the sound of jackhammers destroying the, my basement below me. <laughs> uh, it turns out the uh, the old building owner forgot to mention that they were resealing the basement. So wow. uh, that, was, that was hilarious. How many? Like, did it just go on all day? They were they were down there all day. The jackhammering was a solid three hours at least, maybe oh four. Oh my god, man! Yeah. Uh, I felt bad for my poor old kitty. She was not having it. Right, and definitely. You know, it was the like butt low to the ground, running around when she had to, mostly hit, hid the whole time. Yeah, poor thing. Yeah, that's but, uh, that's a hell of a way to. Uh, that probably would have woken me up. I mean, if they started at like eight, I get up. You know, yeah. seven forty-five, eight o'clock. I, I get up, so it's like I could definitely see that. You know, being like, oh, I'd be pissed, man, if my landlord didn't tell me something like that. Well, that was the best part, too, is he texted me like, you know, at least five minutes into my whole home being rattled. And he's like, hey, uh, I forgot to tell you. I'm sorry. We uh, were, you know, we're resealing the basement i was like yeah i, I noticed <laughs> like, you, there's no way to have not noticed that shit yeah you could have been uh, like wait you are like what <laughs> oh crazy they're so quiet oh uh, dude that's great but so luckily you know we'd already recorded at that point so we didn't have to hear the jackhammers but i did love it yeah oh yeah. a little a quick little update here we are and this will have already uh completed by the time this episode comes out but i uh, just wanted to check back in i looked at last week we talked about the uh, third man records jack white auction yeah. like where they're auction off all sorts of random shit right and i checked in on uh, we're about halfway through here noticed that um a couple things uh his signature it was the prototype for his gretch triple jet which okay. is sort of like his take on the duo jet yeah uh but with three pickups uh that this prototype was is one of the things on the auction block and that is currently at thirty two thousand dollars oh wow uh, so th- there are a couple things sort of in the like eight to 10 K range sort of, you know, prototype and sort of special guitars and the drum kit that Meg used on hardest button to button. The one that had, you know, it, like the front head looks like a, um, one of oh, those like the pinwheel mint, pinwheel mint. Yeah. Things. Yep. Right. Uh, one of those. So that, yeah, the stuff's getting expensive, but I noticed that the one that, uh, we talked about a crappy green chair that's at two seventy five, <laughs> but world's okayest green chair is only 95. Oh, well, that's a better deal. Uh, yeah. So there's some there. Honestly, there's some cool stuff in there that is still super cheap, like random chandeliers yeah. and Light fixtures. lighting fixtures and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So if you if you are that sort of I think there's like a door collector, or something, you can there's get a, a, a Rackon Tours door, I believe, or maybe it was <laughs> Dead Weather. I don't know. He he has so many projects. That's so. Was there anything that in here that, that tickled your fancy as far as like gear or anything like that? Even yeah, if even if it's like totally out of reach with price and stuff. There, I mean, I, I think it would be cool to have one of his guitars. I'm not a big enough fan to really care, but yeah. there were some recording things. There's a pair of, I want to say that it was a, a pair of racked up channels from an old console or a Helios console. Yeah. And it was only like $2,000. And and those are definitely going to get more expensive, mm-hmm. not even just by virtue of having belonged to him. They're just rare and, you know, very desirable. Right. I think I would probably, I would probably take a pair of those or there's some other sort of weird old tube gear and like tape stuff um, yeah. that we need to have, but nothing that was like, not, I do have a very long list of things that I'm trying to acquire right now, and, and mm-hmm. it wasn't any of those, you know. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, uh, best of luck to them. How many more days left? Uh, well, today's Thursday. You know, so it ends 27. on my birthday. It ends on oh. it ends on the thirtieth. So there you go. Uh, 
again, if anybody's shopping, uh, <laughs> no, by the time you hear this, it'll be too late. So I guess, you know, uh, get, get bent. And that will take us through the Symphony of Corrections and right. take us to my favorite two words in the English language. Dave's Docs. Wow, that was a good one, man. <laughs> um, Just wait until you hear those delays. Oh, on I know. It's so fun. Um, yeah, so I watched a Alice Cooper documentary today. Oh, morning. normally, normally I feel like you tease me a little bit before you tell me what it is. You just, no, you I just, just wanted to right jump. I just wanted it. to jump right into it because I didn't. Honestly, you know, you know how sometimes I just don't know what to choose, and I kind of go through the Google search, and you know, top rock documentaries, top music documentaries. I'm shocked I've never seen this one on the list before because it's so well done. It's called Super Duper Alice Cooper, and uh, okay. it's a 2014 film, um, and it's it's soup to nuts like his whole life, like from from being a kid. To meeting like you know the the, the original guys in the band, um, moving out to L.A. and then you know getting a manager and then they played for a long time just being like we don't know what the hell we're doing. Um, they met these girls in this band called I think they were called like the GTOs or something like that. Cool. And they the girls started like like dressing them up and that's kind of where they did that kind of cross dressy, um, very glam rocky like super early glam rocky look. Yeah. You know? Um, so that was kind of where that whole thing started. And they were like, we just don't want to be this like band that like the most, the, you know, the most important thing we do on stage is like play a guitar solo. He's like, we want to, we want to just like constantly, like people can't take our eyes off us type of thing. You know, um, I don't, are you a big Alice Cooper fan? I was going to ask you at the beginning. You know, I was going to say, I'm almost a little ashamed to admit that I, I don't think I've ever listened to an Alice Cooper record. I've never, like, I've certainly heard, record, yeah. you know, like schools out or, yep. or feed my 18. Frankenstein from, yeah. from, from, from Wayne's world. Yeah. But like, and and I think Alice Cooper's awesome. Yeah. I have never sat down and listened to it ever. Yeah. They have some damn good songs, man. Um, cause they, obvi- so this was a real licensed documentary. So they have tons of live footage and tons of, you know, they, they use the real Is songs. Alice in it. Uh, yeah. He narrates like the whole thing. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it's, it's legit. And they narrate, you know, some of the band members are, you know, talking and even like, you know, his ex-wife. And so it's just like, there's a lot of like, you know, personal, um, stuff going on. And yeah, man, it's, it's really damn good. So like, you know, they basically broke, they were playing for a while and people were like, we don't get it. Cause they were weird right off the bat. You know, when they decided mm-hmm. they were like, we're not that good at music. They all kind of self-admittingly, although I think they're like amazing musicians, like the drummer especially is insane, but they were like, we're not that good. So we're going to have this like weird thing about us where we, you know, bring like a snake on stage or like wear these crazy wigs and stuff. And, um, yeah, dude. So they, they were doing it for a while and then they like, by chance took this show at this festival in Detroit and which is where Alice was born, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, not his real name, by the way, actually. Right. I, I forget what it is. I can't remember what it is. Oh, either. Vincent. It, yeah. It's Vincent something. Isn't it something like pr- pretty Italian sounding? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't, oh. I can't remember. It's I not Vincent D'Onofrio, of course, no, but no, I feel like it's like in that world. Yeah. So, you know, Vince, I guess they kind of refer to him as sometimes, but, um, but anyways, they go play this show in Detroit and like, for whatever reason, man, the stars align and they play a perfect show and they get like a standing ovation. And like from then on, they were, they were like getting booked at like the Hollywood bowl, which was like a huge performance for them. Um, you can, you can buy that on vinyl. I believe they have that whole cool. performance. Um, so just, a, just a damn good, like soup to nuts thing. Um, he gets really into drinking, like really, really hard. See, and, and it was oh, kind of, it's kind of one of the, and I didn't know that it was kind of one of those stories where, the the character Alice Cooper, you know, it's not his obviously real name. So he he kind of lived. He got to hide behind that character a bit, and then he realized like, okay, well, Alice Cooper is like this crazy drunk. So that's just what I'm going to do because I can't I can't do it any other way, you know. 
Um, so he got really into booze and then he went to like, they brought him to like a sanitarium for like, you know, rehab basically. And, you know, pretty much locked him up for months and then he comes out and he's sober, but then he's like, well, I I don't drink anymore, but I could do cocaine. (laughs) And then it's like, it's on with the Coke, man. I mean, he, he he looked so bad, like at the, uh, towards the, uh, you know, I don't know. It's probably like the late seventies or something. His so skinny man, like his cheekbones and everything. He just looked awful. Really, really. And he's already a skinny Damn. guy. So, yeah, right. So that was rough. And then, you know, he gets clean from all that, but it, he, it's really got some, some dark turns to it, which, you know, which really is the makings of a good, you know, documentary. You know, I think um, it's, you it's, gotta have a story. It's not, I mean, like I, I watched that rush documentary and there's yeah. just like no drama the whole time. You yeah. Know? Cause they're just like ni- these nice guys who like didn't yep. drink and they, they didn't just party. like, you know, read comic books and shit. Yeah. Like, like they toured with kiss and kiss was like, come on, like we'll bring some girls to your room. And they're like, we're going to play Dungeons and Dragons and like eat pizza. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which again, nothing wrong with that, but I, no. I, I necessarily don't need to watch a, a, a lascivious yeah. doc or, about it. Exactly. Exactly. So this one had a, had a good amount of like, you know, um, uh, kind of, kind of drama and, and addiction. And, you know, he left the band in 1975, but he's like, I'm keeping the name Alice Cooper. Cause the band was called Alice Cooper. Really? Yeah. Right. You know? And he's like, I'm taking this. So, you know, see you guys later. And then it was kind of, that's when like the drinking really got crazy. And like, he basically just like, didn't know what he was doing um, at that point. But, but there's some, there's some good stuff in there, man. So I highly did recommend. You, um, yeah, dude, did you, did you find out, did you like discover any new hot tunes of theirs that you hadn't heard before? Um, man, you know, what's funny. I, I didn't know the names of a lot of them. Um, yeah. eight, 18 and schools out were like the two biggest hits. And, the, and I believe yeah. those were on like the first record. Um, but I didn't really, I, they, there was a lot of songs they played in like throughout the movie, but they didn't like say what the names of them were or anything, but I, I would definitely go back and maybe pick up like, you know, the first record that they did, um, which I think was like 1970 or something with this, uh, producer named Bob Ezrin. And I guess he worked with like tons of famous bands and all that. So, um, Dope. yeah, so I would definitely, I would definitely check it out. I give it a, I give it a four out of five snakes on stage. Oh, I mean, I'm, you gotta have you gotta have the boa. <laughs> gotta have the sta- the snakes on stage. So, Dude. yeah, um, yeah, definitely recommend it, man. Sick, dope doc. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Dave's dope docs, triple D. Ooh, triple D's. Um, what, right. do you, what do you got for us today? A little riff a library. Little, little riff library. Uh, I'm gonna start uh, with a quote. Call me Ishmael. And this is in reference both to the fact that I am reading Moby Dick right now, as well as <laughs> to the uh, 2004 Relapse Records release Leviathan by Mastodon, which oh, is wow. one of my very, very favorite records of all time. Uh, which you know that you'll notice a theme. This is just kind of what I'm doing is I'm, I'm picking through a lot of a lot of my favorite albums of all time. So yeah, uh, it actually you know I didn't know it came out August 31st, first 2004, mm-hmm. uh, which is the day after my birthday, yeah. and I believe the day that this will be coming out this year. Uh, it was their second full length uh, Atlanta band. If you don't know them already, it's a four piece. It's let's see if I can rattle off their names off the top of my head: uh, Brandaler, Troy Sanders, or Saunders. I don't remember. Um, Let's see, Brent Hines and Bill Kelher. Damn, I nailed it. I didn't even nice, write that dude. shit down. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, I've seen them referred to as the Thinking Man's Metal Band. Cool. They're kind of somewhere in the like, in between prog and thrash and death metal with a lot of like random influences here and there. I would say, you know, for fans of something in between King Crimson and Slayer, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, 
again, it was their second full length and, um, it's kind of, I didn't know this until I started actually doing a little research about the record, or I guess I hadn't really, it hadn't occurred to me, but their first four records were what they have referred to as an elemental tetralogy. Uh, so, um, the, each record represents a different, uh, one of the four elements. So the first one remission is fire. Then okay. this Leviathan is water. Obviously, right, obviously. It's, a, it's a, it's a concept record about Moby Dick. Cool. If, I, if I'd sort of, Oh, is that it? Lead. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The next record is, um, blood mountain, which is earth. And then, uh, the one after that is crack the sky, which is air. Uh, this is the one that's about water. Obviously it's a, it is a concept record about Moby Dick. Not every single song is like directly about the story, <laughs> like, but it is right. kind of, you yeah. know, um, in fact, I realized that the the first the reason I even got into them was uh, they I, the song Sea Beast, which is I think the second track on the record, mm-hmm. is was in a Guitar World like a, it was tabbed in like a Guitar World oh, magazine. Cool. Yeah, and, that was, and I just like that was back when I would just play everything, even if I didn't know what it was. And I was like, "What is this? And why do I have to tune down like, like a whole <laughs> step?" Or all, and then I actually like you know whatever it was napster or something at the time downloaded some shit and i was yep. like oh my god mm. uh i and i'm gonna and i'm gonna say it right here right now there there are there are some contenders and i don't want to say necessarily number one but i'm gonna say at least top five side one track one metal records of all time wow like if you if you if you start that record and yeah. you and you hear blood and thunder and you aren't immediately super pumped i just don't know what to tell you i don't wow. think i don't think you've got a heartbeat at that point it that's, is so badass dude. that's a good that's a good pitch for that man because like if it's like the, if the first song gets you like that i mean that's a high praise my friend yeah and that's the interesting thing too is because it's still kind of like i would say that and um iron tusk are probably like the two songs that people and, and sea beast, like I mentioned, but I, I feel like blood and thunder and, and iron tusk are the two songs that people would have heard before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and apparently I, again, cause I didn't really have frame of reference when this came out, but I guess their first record was a little more sort of, um, this one, there's a lot of riffs and, and, and but there's a lot of prog going on too. It's still, mm-hmm. it's still heavy the whole time, but it, it was definitely a weirder record than their first one. And, and I guess that they wanted to release blood and thunder as the first single and the record company was like, no nah, dude, like, it's too different from the first stuff you, from the first record. You have to do something different. And I think they kind of stuck to their guns and used it. And, you know, I love that, it man. worked. They got on, you know, they toured with fucking, they've toured with everyone at this point, but I think the, one of the first big ones they toured with, it wasn't Metallica. It was someone in that world. It might've even been Slayer. Now that I think about oh, it. Oh wow. Um, I've seen them a bunch of times, including one of the, probably the best heavy show I've ever been to was Mastodon and Converge at the Metro here in Chicago, which was just nuts. Um, but yeah, there, this song, the record is really good. Uh, there are some, uh, there's some, actually some, uh, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for when people show up, uh, like guest appearances. Yeah. That's the word. Sure. Uh, including Neil Fallon from clutch sings on a song and then Scott Kelly from neurosis who neurosis is one of my favorite heavy bands of all time. Oh hell yeah. Um, there's a lot of technicality, a lot of chops. Everyone sings for the most part. Oh, really? Everyone kind of writes in the band. Yeah, they're they're it, it, that's evolved more throughout the years. It, mm-hmm. This record is mostly Troy, the bass player, and then Brent as well, the one of those like guitarists, probably more lead guitar, I'd say. But then as the years gone on, like they even have singles sung by Brand, the drummer, which is pretty. Badass. Oh wow, that's yeah, that's um, fucking amazing. Yeah, I thought they were like a bass fronted band, kind of right. At, yeah. Originally? kind of yeah that's the thing though it's always sort of been that like there hasn't ever been a lead singer they've 
all sort of saying, but he tends to stand in the middle of the stage, which, you know, tends to give you the, uh, the impression that they're the leader, but they are, it is kind of a, uh, a, a real band in that way. It's not just like one person's writing the songs. And, uh, for people who haven't, uh, Googled Brent Hines, um, if I recall, he has one of the most badass forehead tattoos that I've ever seen in my entire. He life. does have a, he does have a badass forehead tattoo, and I had I was forced to dress up for Halloween this year for work, and I dressed up as Brent Hines. That's and right. Drew the drew the face tattoo on, and then he actually I don't know if he liked it or commented or whatever, but that's he definitely, right. I forgot like, about in, that. Something on Instagram, which I thought yes. was pretty badass. That's where it total. That's what totally reminded me of it. I forgot that you did that, and then he like. Yeah, didn't he give you like the devil horns or something? I don't know. Was, I don't know. I'd have to check, but it, <laughs> he definitely acknowledged it and made me feel less goofy about it. That's so uh, which cool. actually that the shirt that I have and I had it on in that um, in that picture or mm-hmm. in, yeah that that day was um, the Sea Beast shirt. Like I got it is from that record. Oh, cool! And it has like and, and, oh, and before we leave, that actually reminds me that like also easily some of the most beautiful album art you will ever see in your life. It is so awesome. It has this really just like beautiful oil painting of, uh, you know, Moby Dick on the, on the cover. And then like, but you see it sort of from the side. So like the water level is midway through the record and it's poking up out and it's destroying the ship and it's got all this sort of like really cool gold filigree. Um, the colors are beautiful. The inside and out I've got a sort of a limited pressing. It was only 2,500 copies oh, on really? mustard. Whoa. Definitely the only record I own on mustard uh, <laughs> color vinyl. Um, but dude, it's so good. It's, it is a sight to behold. There is not, there is not a sleepy moment on the whole thing. There's one like 13 minute song that goes in a lot of weird directions, but okay. it's still just like slapper after slapper gets oh, my dude. highest, my highest metal ranking top, top 10 favorite record metal records of all time. Probably top 20 period. So. I, I will definitely be listening to that, uh, after we finish the pod. Cause I will be going back to work. So that will be, uh, That'll be a, that'll be a good one to get me pumped. I think Dude, for the rest. Be of the careful day. though. Don't you might like you might try to like, I don't know, like punch like, through the like screen or something. Punch through my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> and um, there's and you know as a bass is also like there is you can hear the bass. It's, yeah, it's audible and foundational and they it does it interesting really well. stuff. He's yeah. not a flashy bass player right. by any means, but he's very good. Good tones. And, and and locks in with because I I think of that band I mean the drums are probably the sort of most signature thing Brand has this like really unique he's almost like it's almost sort of Keith Moon like where he's doing these like really constant fills yeah. down around the toms right right um and he the way that he locks in the bass with with the drums is just oh hell yeah wicked dude, dude. oh that's badass man well yeah we'll definitely be throwing that one on this afternoon Mastodon Leviathan it'll also be in the have you, Gearbuds playlist have you seen them uh, live did you mention. I did, yeah, yeah. I've I've seen them a number of times, but the I, like I said, though that show with them and Converge at yeah. uh, oh god the Metro. Although <laughs> I I have to also in the same breath mention I got to see Death Clock and they toured with Death Clock. Oh wow! And um, I, it was at the Aragon and they actually uh, Mastodon. I contemplated talking about this one instead but because i own it but mastodon released a live record and it's live at the aragon and it's from that tour and i was oh, at the no show shit. wow yeah that's um, how was the uh how how was the sound because people have always complained about the aragon and like the the sound in the room depending on where you stand of course well that's that's the i was gonna say that's the case with any big indoor room that isn't yeah. like a stadium right uh if you stand in the back there's nothing you can do it's gonna yep. sound horrible this was i was still like you know, a young enough man and cared enough about what was going on that I got up close. Sure. It was like not, you know, not pressed up to the front gate or anything like that, but close enough that I was like, you know, maybe a couple people away from where the pit would be. Right. And it sounded fucking awesome. Yeah. It, it yep. sounded wicked. I still, I can still, I still have very, 
distinct memories of of standing on Brent Hines's side, which I guess would be stage right, and mm-hmm. just like staring at him play the whole time. Because he also he does something that I do a lot, and I might have even sort of stolen from him is that he plays like heavy music and like hard wrist, but he does a lot of chicken picking in there. So he does oh, a lot really? of like hybrid picking. Yeah, and I and I do that all the time. And I, and and I was actually thinking about that yesterday, and I think like it might have sort of come from his influence. He he's not the only person to do it, of course, but right. probably the one that I listen to the most that puts chicken picking and hybrid picking into heavier riffing type stuff hmm. well yeah isn't it funny when you kind of like you're watching someone and then you go wait i guess i kind of steal that from them like you yep. didn't really ever realize it <laughs> until it was like in your face it was more of like a subconscious thing i love that yeah i i, I maybe i should be better about it i'm not the sort of person that is very like I don't, I don't examine my influences that deeply. I mean, I know I have them, of course, yeah. but I don't really ever sit there and like try to break down, oh, what does this sound like? I don't either, like? yeah. Or what does that part right. sound like? Right, Absolutely, man. Well, part good of, wreck, it's, uh, part of it's a little Brent Hines, yeah. Love it. Go listen to some Leviathan. And uh, let's just get into, the, get into the meat of the show here. We've got a couple things to catch up on here. Let's do it. Uh, I think well, we sort of already touched on it a little bit uh, at the beginning here, but I am, I am back on that gear swapping train. Well, you... You had a Hanks Hall number three, I think, since we last spoke, uh, just me and you together on the podcast here. You've had three Hanks Halls recently. Hanks Halls, yeah. We talked about your first one, I believe. We Um, did. Yeah, what's what's been going on? What what's your favorite piece? What are you what are you excited about? Man, I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I already talked about the bass amp, which was something. So I wasn't even going to take that mm-hmm. um, because it was just like kind of covered in grime, and I thought it was, I thought it was a Roland KB like three fifty because it's about the size of a three fifty, but it turned out to not be that. It was the DB, which I guess is, or no KC. I don't know. KC, it was not the, the keyboard amp. The keyboard amp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the bass version of that. Right. So I was like, oh, once I saw it was a bass thing, I was like, oh, well, that's cool because I don't have a bass combo at home, so I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. There's been there's been a lot of stuff, a lot of mics and like not good ones honestly there's one good one that i've gotten from the from the pile mm-hmm. um that i'm now using is my floor tom mic which is a akg d110 sounds pretty good uh there's uh, the most useful thing so far has been what we talked about in the first step one of the things we talked about in the first episode which is that mackie 1604 mixer right uh it just turns out like to be super functional they packed so much into that mixer mm-hmm. that you know okay you know it's not going to sound as your the preamps don't sound like a neve or an api well, yeah. or something like <laughs> right. that that's not you don't expect that from it but they're clean and they've got yep. plenty of headroom and the routing is the thing that i like about it the most because it's become very easy for me just to run everything into that mixer and then send it wherever i want be that recording right. monitoring however we want to do it because we've got some floor monitors set up and like the speakers and the you know pa speakers so Beautiful. having having like a really flexible 16 channel digital mixer has been super helpful um yeah got some lamps i you know that's like kind of like cheesy but just like getting some extra lighting in there has been nice we might have talked about it i can't remember if it was with you or or someone else i was talking to but you can't have enough lamps in your rehearsal space and that's a pro tip for all all you rehearsal people out there um definitely get a lot of lamps get a lot of options some you can turn on some you can turn off um you know kind of find out what what works for you but the last thing you want to have to do is use the quote-unquote science lights as we like to call them or the uh, the murder lights yeah the uh the overhead like a a flicker or the hangover lights like the flickering overhead the 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 overhead fluorescents are there in mine and we don't use them because you know we have other lights but like they're not i've been in rooms with way worse where it's just like yep it's so it's so cold and blue that yep. it just feels I don't know. It I feels mean, they're like great for sickly. like if you're like you know packing up your gear or something like that. Exactly. And you need to be able to actually see, but yeah, uh, right. but jamming with those things on is just it's just murder. I hate it. <laughs> 
Yeah, dude. Um, um, but uh, so on top of that, I've also all the I've, there. I, we don't need to go into all, but there was a lot of just like a lot of random shit that I've acquired. But I've also um, started selling things again and then purchasing things again. Mm-hmm. And I bought my first six ten base cab. Congrats, buddy! And you got a good one, Thanks. man. You got a good one. Yeah, let's, let's tell people. I got the the, uh, the SWR Goliath Senior uh, six ten, which and and I think they still make it, but it's called like the like the series three or four yep. or something oh no wait they can't still make it because swr isn't a company anymore yeah not but still but they the made end, it for a few more did. generations yeah yeah um, the one that i have is the first generation before yeah. swr was acquired by fender it was mm-hmm. all made in california uh dude it sounds awesome i've only used it with guitar amps so far because yeah. i'm still on the hunt for my forever bass head did you play but, bass through through a guitar head through it though i mean it sounds yeah it sounds yeah great. of course yeah. I, dude i i put that balthazar film noir 50 oh was man just like the head that i sitting right you sent there, me that picture and, and i was like fuck you man that looks so awesome, awesome dude <laughs> It, yeah, it looks cool as shit, but it sounded really good. Of course, yeah. that's a 50-watt guitar head, right. so right. 52 watts on guitar. That's not going to cut it on a bass, right. you know? Of course. Um, but I basically, I just turned the master all the way up and then mm-hmm. um, like the seasoned in some of the volume, like the which is typically sort of like the gain control. Yep. Uh, you know, you don't, you don't want too much too much gain on there. It'll get all farted out. But, man, it sounded slick. Yeah. Um, I'm so stoked on it. It's still, still actually sitting in my living room because I couldn't, the last time we were going in there to practice, I couldn't keep my couldn't get the ants out of my pants, and I had to go there early. I didn't want to wait for oh, Mark to yeah, drive, right? So I, um, yeah, it's still sitting here, but I think we're gonna bring that in. It's a nice fur- it's a nice living room piece too. You know, a giant six ten cabinet that's like <laughs> the size of like three quarters of a refrigerator. <laughs> exactly. But so part of this is that I'm also. Um, I had sort of committed to this pedal board build that I did like back in March and I just sort of tore it all apart. Uh-huh. Um, sold a couple of things. I, well, that, so that was one of the other things I want to mention is that I, well, actually we'll get to that, but I'll, before we do, I want to say that the, I've got the, speaking of the 610 living room, I've got my pedal board just like on top of it. And that turns out to be the perfect height for me to be oh. doing all my rearranging of things Beautiful. right now. Yeah. Uh, so it is like a little workbench in the living room. Uh, thankfully, it. you know, I'm a, a single, uh, bachelor that doesn't have somebody who cares and i'm also very surprised that sophie has not taken I was, to scr- scratching the shit out of i was yet. gonna ask you if sophie got into the no. the, rat, the rat fur no i don't know why but she she just does not seem to give a shit uh um, i probably if i left it here longer she would have you considered uh stripping it and recovering it like i did to my old swr cabinet well, I, I, I thought about it, <laughs> but then work. I saw the pictures of yours and you know, that thing is like one third of the size. Oh dude, it took forever uh, to strip all that. Cause they glue that stuff know. on there they yeah. glue that fur, and it, it does not want to come off. It's not like it just kind of comes off. Like you start peeling it off or anything. It came off in like chunks. It was nasty. Ugh. yeah. I, I gotta say, I mean, in general, I find any cabinet covered in carpet sort of gross. Oh, that's, me too. Yeah. That's one of my own no-nos. Yep. But for the, the just ripping deal I got on this thing yeah, man. and the fact that the dude delivered it, uh, and it's actually, it's not in bad quality. He clearly played it, you know, like this mm-hmm. amp has been played and, and moved around and stuff, but the, it's the carpet is not in bad quality at all. And then I just took my, my vacuum cleaner and just like used the hose attachment on it and went up and down on it and it looks pretty damn good. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, I'm like spun around looking at it right now. It's not bad. I mean, you but realistically- make- it's going to go into my space. It yeah, yeah. It's going to sit in, in that spot and hopefully never move. I don't want to ever have to move it. It's, yeah. It, like, as far as big cabs go, I've moved worse. Yep. But because, you know, it has the side handles, it's not that bad. But it's still a fucking 610 with a horn. Like, it is a heavy cabinet. And, you know, I just want to get it into my space because it'll sound good in there and it'll be good for practice and then just leave it there. It's the, it's the perfect move. cab, man. It really is. You did a You did a good job on that. 
and uh, and it will stoked. take it will take four or eight ohms, I believe, right? So. Or yeah, is it only four? yeah. I wonder. I think it's wired at four, but that you can't. I mean, with the four ohm cab, you can run anything other yeah. than a two ohm head right. into it. Exactly. And I've never even had a two ohm head. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, yeah, you'll, you'll lose some efficiency. That's the, the sort of I, I did, you know, because I, I almost like I knew I knew obviously I knew you were a fan. You own one of their cabs, but I still wanted to like d- dig into like the talk base of the world yep. and, and see what they had to say about it. And, and people and of love course, it. Right? They they love it. Yeah, especially the uh, first th- gen. Yeah, exactly right, and the and then you know they compared it to the other ones, whatever. Everyone likes this one, but the one the one sort of knock against it, which I thought was funny, is that people say it's really loud. Well, it's like yeah, it's a fucking thousand watt cab. Yeah. Like, what do you expect? What did you expect, man? And um, I and I th- we're in the same boat. I know that you're the same way. I like speakers to be louder than they need to be because yep. I don't like the sound of speaker distortion. And then especially on a bass, like, that is the last thing I would ever yeah, want. If you want distortion, central. that's what pedals and, and, you know, tube heads are for and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. So. Not from the speaker calling no. at you. Um, yeah, you got a great score on that, man. And I, I can't wait to discuss heads with you. We don't have to talk about I it know. today, but when you start, when you start fishing around, man, let me know. Cause well, I have been, and you've sent me some stuff and I threw mm-hmm. some offers at people out in the world. I mean, yep. you know, it's no secret that the Mesa 400 plus is one of my favorites. Uh, it's not, it's not necessarily like the only head that I'll consider. I've, I've almost pulled the trigger on a sun. I still, I mean, look, SVT is a classic for a reason, pun intended. Yep. Uh, you know, there, that is still an option. I, but I'm, you know, my, I'm keeping my, I'm keeping my, my options open. I'm doing a lot of playing the field on Craigslist right now, throwing a lot of offers out at people, mm-hmm. seeing what happens. Um, and I got to say that the, the, I feel like this is something I should have done a long time ago by making the Craigslist post that I did where I just took my gear list, which we've talked about a lot ad nauseum. There'll be a reverb article about it one of these days. <laughs> uh, and, and just like, you know, sorted by the tr- willing to trade column, posted some screenshots on Craigslist and was like, yo, here's everything that I've got. Here are some of the things that I'm interested in. Let's make a deal. Just threw it I out love there. trades. Uh, if you want cash values, we can do that too. Right. And, and within, I mean, minutes i was starting to get people offering me sending me questions mostly just like tire kickers or whatever people overvaluing what they have but i just like via craigslist i just had a pretty awesome deal go through yeah that i wouldn't have expected i know i told you and i was we're on the on the text channel Mm -hmm. stingray we were talking about it but basically this dude just like went through i had uh, all the all pedals that i'm not using mind you but i had like I don't know, maybe 20 different effects on this list. And a dude sent me an email saying, Hey, I'm like this buyer seller guy from California. Here are the 11 that I want. Will you take $2,000 for it? And I was just like, Holy shit. Yeah. Now, mind you, one of those pedals is a Moog MF 104 M, which at the cheapest will go for like $1,200. Right. Um, so I was like, yeah, you know, like appreciate the offer, but that really undervalued. I understand that you're a buyer seller trying to find a way to leave you some meat on the bone. There are some things that I actually want to buy, including a new universal audio interface where I need the cash, but like, you know, I, let's take that one out of the deal. So we wound up settling for around a thousand dollars and like these 10 pedals. Yeah. Fucking yeah. Packed them up, shipped them out yesterday. He sent me the PayPal money before. Um, you know, th- that is the one sort of bummer about it is that in order to protect himself, mm-hmm. we, d- we didn't do friends and family. So we did it for goods and services. Goods and, services and then yeah. I still lose, you know, 3% off that, which yeah. in the grand scheme is like 30 bucks, but still. Yeah, it, it's, uh, you know, at the end of the day, and then you got to, you know, did he cover shipping or did you just, you just ate shipping I just, too? that was part of the whole deal. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, here's how much cash you'll send me and then you'll get it to me. It was like 45 bucks, I think, to send, you know, insured via USPS. Yeah. Um, 
again, if I, it could have been worse if I did that FedEx, it probably would have been like 80 to a hundred bucks. Oh yeah, dude. FedEx um, is, is gnarly expensive. I've, I've found um, So I, yeah, I, I feel like everybody, if you've got just like a big list of stuff, why not just like yeah. put that list on Craigslist and see what happens? Yeah. Uh, I usually have always kind of done the just individual things for sale. And of course, then you end up selling them. But when you've got a list of like 50 to 75 things, yeah. it, it's a little intimidating. And you're like, oh, well, maybe I just, I'll just not do that because it'll take too long. Fuck it. Just take a couple screenshots of your, of your list, whatever it is, type it up, however you've got it, put it on Craigslist. You'll get some offers. If you've got, you know, if you've got not jag dick, uh, you know, <laughs> Behringer and stage work stuff or whatever. Like stage if you've got work. some decent stuff, you'll get some, you'll get some offers. I was going to say too, man, like, you know, I know you were, you were kind of going back and forth with me. You're like, this guy, you know, he's giving me a, a, a good, you know, a good deal. And I don't know if I want to sell this stuff and all that. And, you know, and that's what everybody goes through when they're going to sell something. Right. Cause we yeah. become attached to our gear, but then mm-hmm. once you actually get that money in your account, you're like, you know what? Like, this is actually pretty nice too. like having, having cash to start over, whether you're going to buy more gear or whether you, you know, just want to use it for yourself. It, it's worth selling stuff sometimes, especially if you're not using it, you know? Dude, yeah. I'm trying to... It was more or less gathering dust. I'm trying to turn it into... Our, our good friends, Universal Audio, have offered me a really sweet deal on that X8P interface. So I, I want to have two of their interfaces. So, like, it's just a way for me to fill the coffers back up and then mm-hmm. and then, and then buy a thing that I will actually use every time I'm in the space. Right. Um, you know, it, it, the cycle continues. It's not to say that I won't ever sell that thing too, because I probably will, but it's, it's just always like leading up to something else. Were you a little uh, like, um, surprised when the guy's like, Hey, I'm in California. Like, just, do you think he just searches like Chicago Craigslist all the time? Like, I wonder how he came across your stuff. I was, I was thinking that too. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he must have, I don't know. He must do, he must do manual scrolling. He must have some alerts set up. He mentioned having an employee too. So it could have been like him getting hip to something. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't ask. I, he, he was a, I will say he drove a hard bargain. He didn't, he didn't let me just sort of walk all over him. Like I feel like some other deals that I've had in the past do. He, the dude clearly is a, a, a big old buyer and seller of gear. Um, but he ultimately it was fair. And, and I feel like we came to, a good a good sort of space where he'll be able to make some money and i got some money right now that i can use on on stuff that i want to buy and and mind you now nobody knows what i actually paid for any of the stuff that i sold or how i got it so yeah there's there's always that in the back of my head too like because i have i know what the value of this stuff is on the open market but then i can also see the number right next to it of what i actually have into it which is always let's be honest substantially less than that yeah so (laughs) That, that, like, that is kind of how I, cause yeah, one of the, like the, I would say there are a couple, I mean, there are some really cool pedals in there, but the Moog, uh, MF 102, which is the ring mod. Yeah. That's something that I got a long time ago, over 10 years ago. And I just like never use it, right. It's cool and it's fun, but like, it, it's more of like a, a studio tool, I think, than a, a, a useful pedal on a pedal board and they're fucking big. Right. Right. Um, so I was having a little bit of sort of like a second thought, but that was, I even dude that how long ago I bought that pedal. That was before I start kept or i started saving the boxes for everything so i didn't even have the box for that one. Oh wow yeah so and i know you're a box guy and if I'm you don't have the box boy. for it you might as well just not even have it's, it it's, it's like i never even had it <laughs> uh, and and actually there were only of the 10 things i shipped him only two of them were bo- uh, pedals that had boxes already so oh, okay you know. yeah see so yeah you gotta you know hang on to the good stuff and i'm glad you i'm glad you kept your delay you know yeah me too and that one that went back in the i had that on my board like a ding dong just it was kind of like a flex thing yeah um but i you know, wiped some of the like a little bit of crud that was on it, made it nice and clean, put it back in the original box, and that's that's going to sit there for a bit because that's a that's an investor piece right yeah. there. That's something that's going to 
appreciate it. Yeah, and you can always use it on sell it. bring it to the studio if you guys you know do some recording yeah. or AKA oh, it's your rehearsal sick space for mixing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, wow. That's awesome, Dude, man. A yeah. couple things I want to mention though. Yeah, that just because I've been so so like deep back into the flipping and, and acquiring mode is that I've just, I, every day I'm on Craigslist now. I know you love, now, of Craigslist. course on reverb and all that shit too. But like f- first place I go is Craigslist. Yeah. And there were a couple things that, um, that I've realized that I, I forgot about, but I'll totally just, just totally grind my gears, grind my gear buds. If you will, <laughs> if you want to get back to that, uh, yeah. maybe just for back the day. to some of our first episodes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me try this. On. Why don't you try this one on for size for me? If you're looking at this post, you know how incredible this is. Uh, that just just rankles me, dude. That just uh, like that chaps my ass. Yeah. What do you mean I know how incredible this is? Maybe I'm reading your post because I don't know what it is and I might be fucking interested in yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I would say like yes, a little bit of advice to people selling stuff is don't come off like a dick like right off the top. I mean, that's, you know, that's not going to get you any sales. It's just it's just weirdly it's just like this reverse patronizing that ah god it just there's probably a word for that it's kind of like a flex actually because they're just like you know like look what i got and it's like all right man we get but it's also also so it's also so exclusive in that it's 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 excluding people because they're saying if you don't know what this is then you shouldn't buy it and that is the opposite (laughs) of what you should be telling people that you're trying to sell things yeah you're gonna you're gonna eliminate like half of your you know potential buyers so i yeah i wouldn't recommend that but I've got to say, I you know I have to wonder. This must this must exist in most major markets. But on the Chicago Craigslist, there's this guy that has this running post that's just titled "Chicago Idiots of the Month." Oh my god, I love this guy. And 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 I didn't realize it until recently. But it's the same post that he keeps renewing and mm-hmm. then editing mm-hmm. because he, all he does is is any posts that bother him for any reason. Yeah. Usually it's people asking too stuff. much for stuff yeah, or right. like the guy who just like keep, who makes four posts back to back about his guitar repair service out in Palatine, like some fucking. Oh yeah. You love that on one. The burbs. <laughs> uh, he, he just updates this post every month with, with, with different, different bad shitty deals. posts. They're like, are you kidding me? This, this Supro for this much money right, and right. this particular drum kit for that. Are you crazy? What the hell? What is but going on with Chicago idiots of the month. I just think it's so funny. Yeah. That, and, and, and the fact that nobody like reports him, you know, like we all just sort oh. of like, ex, like we leave it and, and don't, don't I enjoy, to, to, I enjoy yeah. reading those very, very much. I think it's so fun. Cause like you, this guy, clearly getting out some kind of aggression through his fingers like a lot of people do with the internet but it's specifically through craigslist which is just yep. so funny to me um yeah i mean i i love it man it keep them coming when those people take the time to to craft and and i like that he updates it with like the the latest bad deals oh you know exactly to him bad you can deals. bookmark it you yeah. can just check the bookmark once a month oh, and it'll be fantastic, new man i because i saw it said it's like I think it, you can see how many times a posting has been renewed or for, I don't remember if it's that or if it's how long it's been up, but it was something like 13 renewals or 13 right. months or something like that. It's just been, he's just been updating this and I'm, and I'm here for it. I oh love my it. God. Yeah, man. I, you know, it's, uh, it's just, I have a, it's a special place in my heart for people like that, man. They just, you know, I, and the other thing is it's like, haven't you ever been like, I've been shopping on Craigslist since Craigslist was around, you know, probably well over 15 years or something like that. And I'm like, how have you never been on Craigslist? Do you know that it's just people asking for overpriced junk? Like that's that's what it is, you know? Yep. It's almost so obvious that he makes those posts. It's 
guy cracks me up, man. Well, that's the funny thing about it, too, because it's like if someone does ha- actually post something good at a reasonable price, it just it just vanishes right away, you yep. know, because oh, like someone sure. like you or me is jumping on it, yep. which means that most people probably don't even see that kind of stuff. They only see the idiots reposting the same dad strat with <laughs> you know, flame photo flame top for too much money. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's yeah, that's cl- I'm glad you brought that guy up. I forgot about that. Uh that guy chicago so. idiots of the month man so good man um uh well let's see uh, i do want to there's a couple of things but i feel like i don't know not, not a huge amount to get into here i there are two things i want to talk about did we ever did we ever talk about did we ever uh, follow up on the kemper profiling uh well story? no i don't think so because i i'm i think we talked me and you talked about it on the phone but we didn't okay. we didn't podcast about it i don't I don't remember. I don't. Well, think so. all right. Yeah. This was this was pretty exciting. I think we sort of alluded to it a few months ago, or not months ago, maybe at least a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, basically, I got to spend time with a very cool old Fender amp, mm-hmm. and that amp is a 1964 Princeton Reverb. Uh, that uh, not only, which in itself is just fucking rad, a yeah. black face old Princeton. And um, some would say a holy cool a holy grail of Fender amps. Some some Indeed. would claim, yeah. And not only is it that amp, but it also uh, is the main live amp for Mr. Nathaniel Rateliff of mm-hmm. Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats. That's super cool. Uh, Mr. James Pepper, shout out, uh, dear friend of the show. Uh, he brought it over because um, he, he has a Kemper as well. And, and Nathaniel is very much a, a traditionalist when it comes to that sort of stuff. He he want, he runs two Princeton's live. I think one's just sort of backup, mm-hmm. like some pedals, you know, whatever. Like very sort of analog dude. But they wanted to... The idea is that he wants to sort of like profile these amps and get them into a place where they're good enough that he wouldn't even necessarily be able to tell the difference. So if they had to just do a quick fly date and go somewhere, they could just throw the profile on a thumb drive, you know, rent a Kemper out there and be good to go. That's so cool. Um, So it was really, it was really informative. I, you know, I tried profiling once when I first got the Kemper. I don't even know when that was a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it was, it turned out okay. It wasn't like great or anything. And and I think I just sort of wrote it off as something. I was like, well, I'm never going to be able to do that. But there's just this giant community of people on the internet that, that do it super pro and, and have, you know, any kind of amp you'd ever want to imagine available to download. Some of those you have, of course you have to pay for. Um, but so I've been, I've never felt like I was lacking in options with the Kemper. You know what I mean? Like right. the, I, I never felt the desire to have to profile all my own shit because there's just so many other options. Now that we've sort of spent a, a whole day doing it and, and, and I, and I did it myself, I feel very comfortable to the fact that now I want to fucking profile. All <laughs> what, um, so bad. Well, you got to profile the Balthy dude, dude. Oh, the both, both Balthy. Yeah. Baby. Yeah. Well, I was uh, going to ask you, what was like the learning curve like on that? Did you have to do some research before he came over or is this something you were already familiar with the, the, the profiling process? I, I guess I was familiar it. with the process, but I mean, I am, I'm a, I'm a stereotypical overthinker and learner. So I definitely spent time researching the, the folks that I, whose profiles I have purchased, like mm-hmm. this dude, Michael Britt, for instance, who's a huge name in that world. He's also a, a big time Nashville guitarist and first call session dude. I think he's also in that band Lone Star. Um, but he, uh, I, so I, I watched a video with him, a few different videos with him talking about the sort of different process and there's a lot of ways that you can do it. I mean, at first I, I tried to sort of op- overcomplicate it and run, multiple mics into my inner so the way that the way that typically works is you just run a microphone right into the back of the unit Mm -hmm. and then from the 
front or also from the back of the unit you run a, an instrument cable and you plug that into the amp and then you front throw the mic in front of the amp and it basically sends these like weird alien sounds out from the Kemper into the amp and then it measures how the amp responds to those so it's not like it isn't like capturing a sound it's it's basically seeing what happens when it shoots these different audio signals at it and how it responds and mm. then it has a profile of the amp okay uh i tried to overcomplicate it at first and run multiple amps or multiple microphones in front of the amp and then into the interface and then run channels out from the interface yeah. into the kemper and do all the summing and like fanciness which is is still a viable option that i, I want to sort of re-explore at some point but i found that the the best sounds that we got we tried a bunch of different mics and positions and everything the best sound that we got for that particular amp was uh an sm7 with the grill taken off or i should say the foam taken off in front of the grill oh yeah pretty much like right almost right up on the speaker and just let it rip wow uh, it sounds so damn good i i wound up getting five different profiles three three of them with the sm7 and then two with the ribbon mic the se electronics oh beautiful um the one thing i'll tell people is that it, it definitely it, it is very beneficial to be able to put your amp and the microphone in a different room and close the door or you know sort of like you would have in a, in a studio where you have a control room that you can close yeah because you want to be able to after you do the profiling process you basically you, you have your guitar plugged into the front of the Kemper and then you have sort of like a, a baseline sound so I mm -hmm. had another I happen to have another 64 Princeton profile already for us oh, to compare okay. it to so you can take the sound that you just profiled and then compare you just keep going back and forth making little tweaks well if you're doing that is in the same room as your amp you can't really hear because the amp is still blaring right behind you you can't tell what's coming from the speaker and what isn't so right. it wound up being really nice to be able to just and I had to actually wire up a, a longer guitar cable because I didn't have a, a cable long enough. Uh, I should say a tone tube. And uh, <laughs> we put it in my bedroom, shut the door in the bedroom, and yeah. that made all the difference in wow. the world. Because I mean, we were cranking these motherfuckers. Right. You know? It's not like it's not like it's quiet. Yeah. No. Uh, if, you want to get the full you, range. Well, and, it, and that's the thing is like, if you want to get a, a distortion sound, then you have to get it up to distortion. And obviously, a blackface old Fender, there's no master volume. You just got to turn it up. Yep. So it's like you know you're not gonna want to you're not gonna want to just do one profile and then and then say you want a dirty sound out of a clean profile then like turn the gain all the way up that's never gonna sound all that all that great like mm -hmm. you can there's you've got a little bit of leeway with that but the the best way to do is if you want three different sound that you love these three different sounds from your Princeton then you just set the Princeton to those sounds and then you profile that right uh, yeah. except for when it comes to effects because obviously that Princeton has both reverb and trim. I tried to. I've tried doing profiles with reverb on already, and it's just not great. Honestly, it's yeah. like not. That's not what it's designed to do. And the effects that are built into the Kemper are so fucking good now that you can get almost exactly there. It's not going to sound the same. It's not going to be the exact same vibe or whatever. But you can get. You can get very close. So you, with the effects that are built in, you wouldn't. You wouldn't run like a pedal into the Kemper. You don't need to do that. You can use. The I did do in. that. Oh okay. no, and that's actually kind of cool too. So like if you, and that's one. So for instance, Nathaniel. He has like a sort of clean Princeton sound and mm -hmm. then he runs like an EP boost into it. Okay. Um, so we did 
we did profiles both with and without a boost running in the front of it. Cause like if you're, and, and then all you have to do is just hit, hit one button and you're onto a different amp sound with a pedal in front of it. And oh, it's not okay. turning on a pedal, but it's just like having another, um, another profile. So I did do that. I did, um, I did one with a karma suture fuzz and I did one, um, with, um, my favorite boost, which is that, uh, custom audio electronics one that I have. Oh, right on. Um, so we, yeah, we, that was the, one of the reasons we did five different sounds with multiple mics was having different, um, a couple different options with like a fuzz and with a boost and whatever. Have you gotten feedback? Has he heard the the sounds at all? Do you think or or he has not? No. So he's not the sort of dude that would like. I don't even know if he has a Kemper at his, right. his studio. Right. You know? so, yeah. so basically, we did this, and then we're going to do another round too, just to just to for shits and gigs and do it over at at the studio. But. Um, we want to get it as perfect and dialed in as we possibly can, or I guess I shouldn't say we, I should say James and their team mm-hmm. wants to get it perfectly dialed in before they even show him anything. They don't want there to be like a hair of a doubt because if he has, he's a kind of dude that he, ha- he has very specific ideas about things. And if there's yep. like a hair of a doubt on it, then he won't, he won't actually follow through. He probably it, already so. has like the tone in his head of what he, exactly what he wants it to sound like. I'm sure. Yeah. Right. Dude, I'll tell you, man, like going, cause I was able to then just like compare what that amp sounds like with a tele plug straight into it. Cause mm-hmm. that's what he plays so i was just playing my telly and then just like comparing with this kemper and not only did it sound every bit as cool it also i think sounded better than the other princeton profile i had already so oh like, awesome damn this Improved. is like this yeah. is pretty cool so so now i guess the larger point is that yes i want to profile everything now including <laughs> amps. the only problem of course being the my favorite thing about that cabaret 13 yeah. that from balthazar is the reverb right and you know that's just like not uh not really possible it just won't be the uh, same the, it won't yeah. be the same the, you can get the amp and then you can dial in some spring reverb re- right, for right. sure and it'll sound fucking awesome but it isn't it isn't exactly the same because that that amp just really does have sort of a a special sound with the way the reverb and, and, and trim interact if with you everything. this is a hypothetical because i i'm still kind of like learning about this kemper stuff it, it, it fascinates me um if you were to Let's say you have a song where you have reverb in the middle. Do they make a foot switch for it to like turn on yeah. the Kemper's reverb? Is that kind of Yeah, I works? have it. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's called the Kemper Stage Remote. It's actually pretty expensive. I think it's like 4 or 500 bucks. Oh, so it doesn't just come with the unit or anything like that. You can buy it with it, but it, uh, when I got my uh, Kemper, I bought it through my good friends at Zounds at their discount, yeah. and they did not have one that had the uh, the stage remote. Okay, so I had to actually, and they were Kemper was, and I think it was because at the time Kemper was super sold out of them. Mm-hmm. I had to wait a while to even get one, and I bought it directly from Kemper. No, 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 I no, I got it on Reverb. That's right, that's okay. right. But cause, cause, that's right, Kemper didn't even have any of their own. I bought mine used on Reverb, but it was like you know basically brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, if you're thinking about jumping into the Kemper thing. I highly recommend the foot controller. Not only does it allow you to do stuff like you can do everything if you wanted to, you can just like poke the front of it and do the same stuff with your foot, except it also, the Kemper has a super functional, uh, looper that you cannot oh, okay. access without the foot controller so right, it does right. actually add you know and it's got the full reverse and half speed and sound on sound and all that kind of shit um the, there's there's a separate tuner button on there too um but yeah you can have like you can set it up kind of however you want but i tend to have like a few different scenes on the front like five pedals you mm-hmm. know so like a fender and a marshall and a vox or whatever the fuck right. and then on the back the back row you can kind of use those as just like different stomp box pedals so like turning a boost on and off a distortion delay fuzz or or whatever the fuck oh shit yeah um, and, and the sounds are real good so it, it really is a fully all-in-one solution and then and especially if you have a bunch of amps that you like already and, and how they sound and feel mm-hmm. you can profile them and i am proof that with sort of minimal equipment you can get awesome profiling sounds oh, that's so cool man yeah what's what's going to stop people from just like 
<laughs> buying something and then returning it after they profile it, you know? Well, <laughs> that's something we've talked about. That was that, that's right. that, uh, that diesel uh, VHX or whatever it was called. I don't remember the, the yeah. thing, but they it has the it's the first amp that has software built into it that's that right. tracks when people profile it. Mm-hmm. And and they're and they've and they had to come out and say that it's you know, they're not gonna disable anything or, or like brick the amp if they see that they're just more, I guess, for their own curiosity curious to see <clears throat> who and, and how often are people profiling but that's another thing people will do they'll like they'll you know for amps like if you're buying an amp they'll have like a a certain no return policy because people do that right. they buy the shit and then yeah, profile dude. it and then that's that and that's you grab fun. like 10 profiles and you've got all the sounds <laughs> a thing could ever do um but you said also like i mean I'm, I'm sure it's like on their website or some kind of blog or forum where they have you know, tons of stuff you can already download for free or how does that work? Like oh yeah. Yeah. It comes with a bunch of stuff. And then yeah. there's this software called rig manager that, um, it sort of not only it, it used to suck real bad. I hated the interface on it. It just looked gross and didn't really, it wasn't really super functional. Yeah. Um, so now via rig manager, they've given it a facelift. You can not only access all the, the profiles you have, but all the ones that are sort of available on this, uh, rig manager marketplace i guess you could call it for mostly for free but then then you can also download packs just like from different vendors on the internet and it comes just like a zip file you throw it on a thumb drive that's so cool on. yeah or so cool. you can now also run because it has usb you can run usb directly to your computer and then with the rig manager software can control your patches and, and create your patches in real time so just like sort of drag and drop gui interface like oh i want this preamp or here with these effects and whatever right. you don't have to do like menu diving right, on the machine right, right. anymore which oh, is definitely nice. you get quick with it it's not that hard but just being able to do it with the mouse on, the on your screen is so much better yeah and that's gonna sure. they're gonna sell more that way too i mean you know you're absolutely gonna have, you know more people who don't know about all that stuff using it um what and last question about the kemper what yeah. what's your what's your favorite were you running it with your um your mini mesa cab or what were you using for a cabinet just the just the built-in princeton uh this although his his has been modified to um oh wait are you talking about when i'm profiling when you play it back listening? yeah no when you oh play it i back. do i run that i run it directly into my interface through the monitors oh cool okay yeah especially because i've got it in stare running in stereo and i've got a, you know a lot of favorite sort of stereo patches and whatever but you could essentially uh, run the head with any any you know any non-powered cabinet i would assume right you, it would need to be a powered cabinet. The, oh, there is powered. a version of the Kemper that does have a, a power amp built in. I did not buy that because I wanted to, if I ever wanted to use the Kemper in a live situation, right. I would want the flexibility to then choose what power amp I use with it. You can switch it off, oh, but I, I figure see. what's the point? Okay. It's like a solid state 600 watt power amp. I would probably prefer obviously to get some sort of tube power amp to ah, do that. Ah, yes, of course. And and then there are companies that have kind of realized and, and specialized in that for the Kempers and Axe Effects and Helix of right. the world uh, that do that sort of thing with like a you know couple, couple 6L6s or however you want to do it. I like it, man. Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, it's definitely not the old school, you know, just like you know, like Nathaniel, like dragging and, you know, your Princeton, you know, wherever you go. Um, do you see like the popularity picking up on these? Cause I, I remember we were talking about, uh, who just, somebody just switched over to Kemper, some famous guitar player. Um, I don't remember there are, they, but I don't know who you're talking about, but honestly, there are so many people using them. Like yeah. I have both. And that's the thing. Like, uh, you know, I, I'm definitely into the future of gear and, and all that kind of stuff, but I still have like, I don't even know. I'm like 15 to 20 amps, mm-hmm. you know, like I've got a right. lot of fucking old tube amps and stuff too. So it's like there are, there is, there, there is absolutely room for both of these things. Like on stage, would I prefer to have 
air pushed behind me from a two yeah. amp. Like, yeah, of course, uh, always. Have I had a fuck my fucking Marshall JCM two thousand blow up on me on stage? Yeah, and <laughs> and, and and like can't figure out why and swapping yep. tubes and fuses and stuff. Ugh. Like, do I do I love carrying stuff with big power transformers around? No. no. Oh my god, I hate it so right. much. So like, there are if you're the sort of if you're in an act that is on in ears already like mm-hmm. i don't know why you wouldn't be on yeah. some, and it's something like a kemper man Absolutely. seriously yeah and, and kemper is not the only way to do it it's just from my research i wanted the option like i said to sort of get the amps that i have already and the sounds that i love i wanted the option to be able to do that myself uh, rather than like an axe effects or something where they do sort of have some kind of modeling capabilities like that but it's nowhere near what the kemper does that's more about just like here are all these awesome amps that are built in like tweak them how you want it yep it's, yep. it's just kind of a different way of approaching it both viable i just i to me the kemper i don't know just made a little more sense i guess that's so cool though i love it yeah i uh i and 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 really again it was like it was great to first of all to like hang out with a human being uh, which i hadn't (laughs) done much of and like such a such a great one is is mr pepper but like hanging out with that beautiful amp and then and then just like feeling good about the final product where i would feel comfortable like james he has his own project project called endnotes like his his where he makes music and he is okay. now using those profiles like he's using them for his own thing like wow. they sound that good it's not just like i don't know it, it was it was it was pretty cool to go into something with not a lot of confidence and then walk away feeling good about it and kind of enthusiastic about doing more of it in the future right yeah you set out you had a goal and you set out and you you knocked it out of the park buddy a little bit we'll see but there we're gonna do it again um more we're gonna do another try in a bigger room see if that makes a difference interesting okay a couple different mics i'll I've, i have a feeling though we'll probably just go back to that sm7 it just sounded right it sounded so good on is that there speaker. anything the sm7 can't do i mean it's 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 got to be one of the best mics in the world it's super versatile i don't know i don't know if it'd be great on uh like a kick drum but i don't know i've seen i mean fucking yeah. aerosmith uses a 57 on a kick drum and it seems to work for them so <laughs> uh i don't know but uh yeah, man, Kempers. I love it. Dude, I feel like that was like, we kind of went on for a while there. Well, we, we, we've we never really dug into the Kemper on here. I know. I think there's a lot of people listening who'd be interested. So I, I, I appreciate all that information, man. You you know your shit about these things. I'll tell you that much. I'm, you know, I, I compared to some, it's sort of like a baptism by fire thing, but... I'm, I'm, I'm stoked about it. I've been using it a lot more, but then like I said, you know, right before that, I was saying how like playing through that bass amp kind of is just like, yeah, I'd rather do that. Even though I have yep. amazing B15 flip tops and SVTs and acoustic 360s and all these different cool sure. ass profiles of different bass amps, which oh, sound yeah. awesome in recordings for sure. And I've used them on your bass, you yep. know, but, uh, just like sitting in a room, man, having that bass cap sitting there, I'm kind of, I know. Like, yeah, dude, I kind and of really like, like shaking the walls and stuff, yeah. shaking the walls, shaking, yeah. I feel my pant leg flap a <laughs> yeah, I miss those. Man, I well, buddy, I, I don't know, man. Big. I feel like uh, I feel like that feels like a pretty good one. What do you think? Yeah, that's great, man. I think we I think we really hit on a lot of stuff. I loved the uh, Craigslist talk, and I loved learning about the Kemper today. <laughs> Sick. Um, uh, well, I mean, you know, it's going to be a little while. You're uh, you're going to be away this weekend. Yeah, and, uh, we're, we've, we're, this is an early recording for us here on a Thursday afternoon. Yeah, hopefully uh, we don't miss too much gear news uh, between now and, and next time we record. But uh, I know, seriously, that, that always happens, right? Like something crazy will happen, like tomorrow or something. I'll be like, damn it! So maybe we'll do like a quick, you know, sneak peek or something if we can. That's why you gotta just follow us on the interwebs. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say we keep you up to date with news, but we don't. We, no. we post we post memes and then pictures of 
of our yeah. Of our <laughs> I like a good I like a good Friday meme on Facebook, and that's that's about as far as it goes. You got to come to the show for all the juice and the meat. Yeah, exactly. That's where we, that's all right, where we my get buddy. Done. All right, well, man. I'll let you get back to it. But hey, uh, uh, well, I'm sure I'll text you. But uh, just yeah. officially have a happy birthday, or had mm. a happy birthday at this point when everybody's listening. Has a happy birthday. Yeah. But uh, yeah, good talking to you today, man. Love the duo cast. Thanks, buddy. All right, Be have good. a good one later. Bye.